The Death of Expertise. So Tom Nichols wrote this book, and I can't tell you how valuable this book is. It's called The Death of Expertise. It was written by Tom Nichols, and it has become apparent ever since I started like really growing online, it has become apparent that what he talks about in the book is actually true. So one of the, the uh, and I'll summarize some of his uh, concepts and what he talks about, but he says basically that in America and most of the Western world, we no longer really care for expertise. It used to be that we were, you know, that we revered experts, that college professor, you know, Albert Einstein, you know, that genius that people would drive, you know, fly a thousand miles to come hear them speak for one minute or two minutes. You know, we were so enthralled and, you know, loved expertise and wanted to hear about it and talk about it and all of that. And now, not only do we not care for expertise, but we actually almost hate it. We actually dislike experts. We don't care for expert opinion. We actually think they're a bunch of idiots and we have like this hatred for it. Um, there's this rise of like anti-intellectualism, he calls it. So I'll go over some of his points. So the main point is he talked about the rise of anti-intellectualism. Um, he says that over time, there's been this growing skepticism towards established knowledge. Like, you know, when somebody wanted to learn about nutrition, for example, they'd go to school to learn about nutrition. But, but now everybody online thinks they're like a nutrition expert. And not only that, if you are actually a nutrition expert and you have a PhD in nutrition, they will come online and argue with you in your own field of practice when they don't know anything about it. And I've talked about this before in other podcasts, but like for me, I'm a cardiologist. I'm an expert in cardiology. I look inside your arteries for a living. I put in pacemakers. I treat heart failure. You know, I take care of people with cardiometabolic disease, hypertension, cholesterol, diabetes, all that kind of stuff. And that's my expertise. I literally have been doing this for, you know, since I was a kid, since I was in, you know, high school is kind of when I first started getting interested in medicine. And then it was like, you know, various volunteer gigs left and right, you know, in various medical fields. Um, so this is what I've dedicated my life to. I'm an expert in this field. I've written multiple books on weight loss, heart healthy weight loss, a heart healthy cookbook, all of that. I'm in the process of writing a book on cholesterol. Um, should be coming out soon. DrAllo.net slash cholesterol for updates. But I'm a, let's say, cardiology and cholesterol expert. You know, I'm not claiming I'm smarter than anyone else or anything, but that's definitely my expertise. That's what I studied. You may be an expert in computer engineering. That's literally what you studied, or you're an AI, you're an artificial intelligence expert, or you know, machine learning, whatever you do, that's your expertise. I'm not going to come online and say, you're wrong about the machine learning. It's actually this. Well, first of all, who am I to even know about that? If I was a normal person, I would actually ask it in the form of a question. You know, it would be, well, I like how you said this thing about artificial intelligence. I've kind of noticed this other thing here too. Can you, can you explain this other thing too in the same context or based on what you said? That's a smart way of doing it. And that shows respect to the experts. What we have today is almost the exact opposite, which is what Tom Nichols talks about. Not only do people not respect the experts, they don't ask them questions, they don't revere them, they have no you know, care in the world, but 
what happens is they actually almost hate the experts. They think they are the experts and that what the expert is saying is almost like some conspiracy theory or nonsense and that we're not really experts. We're just fooling you, which is a little bit weird. Um, the other thing he talks a lot about is the influence. Um, oh, that's the other the back to the first one about the rise of anti-intellectualism. One of the things that he points out is that people always like to end an argument um, that your guess is as good as mine. And he says, no, your guess is not as good as mine. Your guess is a guess. I'm an actual expert in this field. My opinion is the correct opinion until proven otherwise. Your guess is not as good as mine. Or he says, sometimes people will try to end a argument uh, or a discussion online with a phrase like, um, okay, we can agree to disagree. And he says, no, we cannot agree to disagree. Like what you have zero knowledge about artificial intelligence. You've, you've never even done anything other than maybe played with chat GPT. I actually invented artificial intelligence and have been working on it since the 1990s. Your guess is not as good as mine. We cannot agree to disagree. You need to go away and learn or ask me questions, and I, as the expert, will be more than happy to answer them. That type of relationship between experts and non-experts has not only dwindled and eroded, but it's completely gone. So those two, those two things I found very interesting, that he says that you cannot end a conversation with an expert with, we can agree to disagree, or your guess is as good as mine. Like, imagine me going up to an airline pilot after Googling how to fly planes, talking about flying planes and in a very confrontational manner, suggesting that he's wrong about everything and then walking away and saying, eh, your guess is as good as mine. Like, no, dude, what are you talking about? Dude's been flying, plane for flying planes for 20 years. Your guess is nonsense. Your guess is literally absolute nonsense. Um, so that's one thing that I feel is uh, very important. The next thing you talk about is the influence of technology and social media. Unfortunately, because of the internet, there's been this like democratization of knowledge. Anybody anywhere can access knowledge. And now with artificial intelligence and all of that, it's even more available. Somebody can go to Google and type in, why is cholesterol bad for you? Or why is cholesterol good for you? Or give me, give me 10 articles that show that high cholesterol is good for you. Or, you know, whatever, you know, you can use artificial intelligence, chat, GPT, Google, be a bard you know, Microsoft, Bing, whatever, you can go to any of these artificial intelligence things and literally confirm your own bias. Say, hey, I'm not an expert in flying planes, but give me 10 articles that show that flying planes is whatever, you know, and show me 10 studies about this. And all of a sudden, everybody thinks they're an expert now. So unfortunately, because the internet is so widely available, it's good in one way, but it's not good in another way because now pretty much everybody can publish anything they want. You got like the Gary Breckas of the world. Like if you ever follow this guy, Gary Brecca, and just watch his stuff, there isn't a single thing that he says that has any basis in science. Like absolutely nothing. Like not even one bit. Um, but you've got people like this that can go out there and make up nonsense to sell you stuff. It's the confluence of bad actors, you know, good marketing, and the availability you have access to millions and millions of people via social media via the internet via whatever the internet can be used for good or bad unfortunately there's too many bad actors 
Another thing he talks about is what kind of led to this too, is that the impact of higher education has changed. People now uh, at universities and university administrators and all, they're all about the marketing. They're all about attracting everyone. They don't really teach you critical thinking as much as they used to. They're more about like getting everyone to pass, getting everyone a degree, making sure all the students are satisfied, making sure everyone is marketable. You know, that is probably also contributing to this overall uh, lack of critical thinking and lack of quality education. But he says somewhere around 2016, all of this kind of turned where people just started disliking and having this disdain uh, for experts. Another one, he talks about the, there's been this erosion in the trust of uh, institutions. So like no one trusts the government, no one trusts the healthcare system, no one trusts, trusts insurance, no one trusts, I don't know, universities, no one trusts education, like no one trusts anything. They almost have like this distrust or disdain or hatred almost towards any big institution, big pharma is evil. You go to university, man, you know, what do you know? They're just indoctrinating you as if like nobody can outthink their education. Like literally, I get this comment a lot on my uh, post. Somebody's like, you're just indoctrinated by Rockefeller medicine. You only repeat what they taught you. Like, first of all, that's very insulting. Uh, doctors generally, myself and others, have very high intelligence levels. And I don't, I don't mean this like in a bad way, but they're pretty damn smart. You know, we don't just take what people spoon feed us and regurgitate it. We're extremely critical thinkers. Like we go to these things called journal clubs and morning reports where we dissect everything about an article or a study. Somebody brings up a study that says eating uh, cholesterol doesn't do X, Y, Z. We literally rip the article apart from beginning to end asking about the funding, about the sources, about the methods, the design of the study, why they didn't include this, why wasn't that an endpoint, why did they take out participants that had this thing and that thing, why did they include people over 65? Like, you know, we rip these things to shreds. That's called critical thinking. We're not idiots. We're not dumb. You know, it makes no sense for you as a person who's not as educated, I'm not saying not as smart, just not as highly educated to talk about people who are incredibly educated and smart and say that they're just idiots. They're just regurgitating what they've been fed in medical school or university school or like whatever you did in your studies. Like imagine you're an airline pilot and you're doing this talk and some guy stands up in the middle of your talk and says, you don't know what you're talking about. You're just saying what they taught you. Like I've been an airline pilot for 20 years. What they taught me was 20 years ago. It's advanced. I wouldn't be allowed to fly if I didn't renew my license and learn all the new stuff. Same thing with medicine. Doctors have to renew their license and renew their education every one to three years. You have to build up hours and hours of hours of something called continuing medical education. Can If you don't get 120 hours of continuing medical education every few years, you will lose your license. You're no longer a physician. Continuing medical education means going to all these conferences and learning all the new stuff, the new data, the new drugs, the new medications, the new stent technology, the way to treat heart failure, all the new devices and inventions, all of that is new stuff that we must learn. And to insinuate that we're just dumb and are just regurgitating a bunch of nonsense is nonsense. We're smart. <laughs> we're not like people that just repeat stuff. And I'm sure it's the same way in your field of practice. If you're a mechanic and you work on cars, the, the latest cars are all battery powered and electric. You're smart enough to figure out how to you know, fix those cars. 
you know, you, you, and some idiot comes online and tells you you don't know anything about it and you're just regurgitating what you learned in mechanic school. Mechanic school was like 20 years ago. They didn't have car batteries, that, you know, electric cars and all that. Um, but anyways, those were some of his points. I thought it was a super interesting read. He also talks about that a lot of this decline in the reverence of expertise has led to severe consequences like hindering scientific progress. Scientists and the world no longer want to fund institutions that pay for research and research grants and science and studies. So that's not good. Um, it undermines public policy. You know, unfortunately, politicians need votes and they're going to have to cater to these people. You know, they're going to have to, they're not going to be able to make informed decisions either when we don't allow the knowledge to progress. If you want, you know, the, the health in our country to improve, the healthcare system to improve, but you're against all expertise in healthcare and you vote people out or you act in a way publicly to make a mockery of people who are trying to help save your life and improve the healthcare system, you're undermining all of that. Um, also, they're eroding civic discourse. This is another point he makes that, you know, why they're, they're, they're not allowing people to communicate in a educated way that is respectful. You know, if this happens to me all the time, I go on Twitter and I make a post about, you know, teaching something about heart disease and you get all these anonymous accounts with no name, bunch of numbers, no pictures, just attacking the person saying the comment rather than, you know, or, or they'll just repeat some nonsense that makes no sense. And then I don't mind if you bring up nonsense, I'll be more than happy to discuss it. If you want to say, well, it's the oxidized LD, I'll make, no, it's not actually, here's a few studies for you to read, you know, take a look at these and new, but like, I don't know why I'm wasting my mind is, you know, time. It sounds like sometimes I'm replying to a 12 year old behind a keyboard who has zero intelligence and zero critical thinking skills. But unfortunately, that is what's happening. So he does also come up with four solutions as to how we can fix this problem. Um, number one, he says we really, really, really need to promote critical uh, thinking skills, even starting at a very young age, which we used to do. The educational system used to do that. Um, but unfortunately, now it's catering more not towards that. So definitely got to promote um, critical thinking. I always tell people, raise your children in a way where they are decision makers not just rule followers. Anybody can follow rules, but you want kids to be able to make their own decisions, think critically, and try to come up with the right answer or the right solution or the right way to behave by thinking it out. You know, that's always good. Now, obviously, you do need some bumpers and make sure they don't hurt themselves or do anything crazy, so you do have to set up some rules. But for, like, stuff that's, you know, not going to injure them or harm them, you can let them kind of come up with their own ways of doing things. Um, the other one is we need to encourage expertise. We need to foster a culture that values expertise and that we need to recognize the importance of specialized knowledge like we used in the old days. Like I told you, there's these stories that when you read them, a guy literally traveled across a desert, through the Sahara Desert, on camelback, in a caravan to go see this one wise guy in, I don't know, the end of Ethiopia to ask him one question because he thought that guy, he was told that there's this one old man, this old wise man that knows the answer to that question and you need to go ask him. Like spent fortunes, spent a thousand days crossing a desert on camelback to go ask a guy one single question. You know, now we can type it into Google in three, three milliseconds, have the answer, right? So we need to encourage expertise and foster that culture again. Um, the other one, I think number three, 
Um, he says we need to restore trust in our institutions. Now, this is not easy. Rebuilding public trust in institutions like universities, government, pharmaceutical companies, the healthcare industry, you know, malpractice insurance, or not malpractice, but uh, health insurance, all that stuff. There needs to be like obviously transparency, accountability, how much do you guys make, how much do you guys spend. And a lot of that is public knowledge because they're all public corporations. Same with the institutions, they're government you know, institutions, that's all public knowledge. But we have to find a way to restore trust in the institutions. Um, the next one, which is I think probably the most important because it'll probably fix many of the other two or three if we fix this fourth one. It's enhancing media literacy. What does this mean? Like we need to teach our kids now kind of how to tell the difference between fake news, um, a social media influencer who's just grifting to sell nonsense supplements. We have to teach our kids, unfortunately. You know, it used to be if something was on TV, it was probably true. Um, but now it's like they have phones and no one really watches TV anymore. And and it's still probably true that if something is on TV, it's probably more likely to be valid. But like now their phones are their TVs and, you know, they're watching this nonsense on on. on their phones and social media algorithms are designed to feed you what you like and feed you what you're watching. And the problem is, you know, kids start watching some anti, you know, intelligence or like, you know, some misogynist is anti-women, like, you know, whatever, Andrew Tate type stuff, what have you. You start watching a couple of these videos and the algorithm thinks, oh, let's feed this guy more videos like this. And now you have this teenager who's being fed all this stuff that's anti-religion, anti, you know, women, anti-government, anti-pharmaceuticals, anti-cholesterol, whatever it might be, all that stuff, and the algorithm starts feeding you. We have to teach our kids media, social media literacy now, where they get to try to figure out, okay, what's the likelihood that this is actually true, and how do we validate this, or who can I ask? You know, there needs to be a way uh, to do that. So, Tom Nichols, the, the Death of Expertise is a fantastic book. I listened to it on audio and I feel like it should be like required reading for anyone who uh, is involved in anywhere uh, online or in teaching or education. Great, great book. Highly recommend. It's called The Death of Expertise by Tom Nichols. If you like this uh, podcast, uh, please leave me a review, take some screenshots, share it on all your socials, and hopefully we can keep spreading good, healthy um medical and heart health advice to other people. I'll catch you in the next episode. Peace.